Welcome back, everyone, to One Way Cross Ministry. Glad to be back on a Wednesday night as we're going to be concluding chapter 4 of Galatians. So if you want to go ahead, you can be turning to Galatians chapter 4, verses 29 through 31. And, you know, again, just brief announcements. You guys, remember, every Wednesday at 6 o'clock is our weekly Bible study. And we're going through the book of Galatians right now. And starting next Wednesday, we'll be in chapter 5. And remember, this upcoming Sunday, Brother Jonathan Medinsky from Birmingham, Alabama, from Cross Powers Ministries, is going to be up here preaching. I, I encourage you, you want to be here this Sunday for this brother. This brother can preach the cross like no one else. And I'm telling you, you will be, you will be highly blessed and encouraged in the faith by coming out and listening to this brother on Sunday. Amen. And remember, every Sunday is our worship service at 10 o'clock. And those services with Brother Jonathan Medinsky will be at 10 o'clock as well. And uh, does anyone have any prayer requests? I know Pakistani ministry. Yeah, and... Uh... Continue to pray for Jerry Virginia. That's yes. Pray for your parents. There's a guy who sold me my bicycle that got in a bad wreck. Okay. He's, he's having trouble. Okay, and a, a really lot of requests for healing. God, remember, remember my mom. Remember Hannah. They're not feeling too well. You know, it just seems like everybody's getting sick around this time of year. But I'm telling you, we know who the healer is. Amen. We know the power. My Lord, we know the healing power is found in the blood. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. If his blood can wash away your sin, it can wash away your sickness. It can wash away the pain. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just come before you this, this evening. And Father, we want to praise you for your blood. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Father, we praise you for the blood. That, my God, the blood that's enough to heal from. My Lord, the blood that's enough to remove every stain, remove every sin, Father. It's enough to heal. It's enough to deliver, Father. It's enough to break the power of sin. Father, your blood is still the answer today. Oh, my Lord, I don't care what Washington says. I don't care what any pastor or what other false messenger or what other voice says. Your blood is enough. Hallelujah, Father. That's all we need is your blood. All we need is the cross of Christ. For that is the answer. That is our power. That is our will. And that is our life source, Father. And Father, we praise you for the sacrifice of Calvary. Where you provided the answer. Where you became our debt. Where, my God, where you became our sacrifice and our substitute. To meet every single one of our needs. Hallelujah. And Father, I'm, I'm uplifting every need that has been mentioned this night. Father, we're praying for those who need healing. We're praying for my mom and for Hannah as they're struggling with that sickness. We're praying for Brother Curtis as he's struggling with COVID. Sickness cannot stand in the blood. It is washed away by the blood. Hallelujah. Father, we're believing for healing. We're believing for them to be touched, for them to be washed away, for it to be washed away by the power of your blood. For those who struggle with arthritis, with cancer, with any problem, we're believing that it's going to be healed in the name of Jesus by the power of your blood by the power of the cross hallelujah because your word cleanses us 
from all sin. Hallelujah, Father. Hallelujah. We're, we're, we're believing that man that Brian mentioned, Father, for his healing, Father, from that physical infirmity. Hallelujah, Father. Father, we're believing, God, for everyone in our family who's lost, who is not saved. We're believing for their salvation, for their redemption, Father. My God, because your blood is enough to convict them. It is enough to save their soul. Hallelujah, Father. It delivered us from the hands of Satan, Father. Oh, we're not children of darkness, but we're children of light. We're heirs. We're children of promise, Father, like we've been seeing all throughout Galatians. Hallelujah. Because of Christ's blood, because of what He done for us at Calvary. And we're believing for their salvation. We're believing for their conviction, Father, that they're going to be saved and give them their lives to You. Hallelujah. We're believing for the ones in our families who walked away from the faith, that they're going to come back to the faith. Hallelujah. Father, we're believing, my God. Hallelujah, Father. Oh, hallelujah for a greater revelation of this message. And I'm asking you for everyone in here, Father, for everyone out there watching, that is my greatest prayer, Father, is that they receive a greater understanding of Calvary, that they would know the power of this message. And we're praying for Brother Curtis, for Brother Voss, Brother Scotty, and every cross-preaching minister out there, that you continue to grow them in this message, continue to encourage them in the faith. Father, my Lord, that they would continue to be that voice of righteousness, Father, to continue to warn their church, their cities, their states, and their surrounding areas that time is about is running out and my lord the doors to the ark is getting ready to be shut but it's now time it's now time to come to calvary father my lord it's now time to come to calvary i'm asking that you'd raise up more ministers who will pick up the bloodstained banner who will preach this message to my lord to this city to the state of tennessee but to this country father and warn this world that time is running out father and that you're coming back that you're coming back and it's time to be preaching this message. Hallelujah, Father. Father, I'm believing that every need in this church is going to be met. That everyone out there watching and everyone who attends, Father, their need is going to be met in the cross. Father, but I'm asking you to show them that their answer, that their power, everything they need is going to be found only in this message, Father. That we never, that we may never leave Calvary, that we must never leave the cross, for it is our will. It is our life source. You keep us there, Father, and I'm believing that you will, Father. Yes, Hallelujah. And I'm asking you, Father, that you'd help us once again to minister your word in all righteousness. Yes, that you would give us ears to hear, eyes to see, but above all, a heart that is ready and willing to receive your word this, yes, this night, Father, this Hallelujah. evening. That may we not be like the, the Ephesians in Revelation chapter 3, Father, where we just take pride in our knowledge. But, Father, but that knowledge will become understanding and then go to wisdom, Father, to truly humble us, to truly, Father, to help us to truly learn how to apply it to everyday life and living, Father. Yes, because, Father, too many of us have a head knowledge, but not truly a heart knowledge of what this message is. Yes. Continue to change us through this message. Yes. May we decrease as you should ever increase. Father, and once again, just preach your word. Preach nothing more but the cross. We love you and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank God for the blood. Thank him for the blood. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Again, we'll be picking up in Galatians chapter 4, verses 29 through 31. And when you get there, just give me a good old hearty Wednesday. Amen. All right. Paul will go on to say, But as he who was born according to the flesh, then persecuted him who was born according to the spirit, even so it is now. Nevertheless, what does the scripture say? Cast out the bond. Notice what Paul's really saying here in verse 30. Nevertheless, what does the scripture say? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, 
For the son of the bondwoman shall not be the heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. You know, again, as we continue to see throughout this chapter, you know, we see in the beginning of it Paul's concern. You know, Paul in the beginning of chapter 4 talks about sons and heirs. Again, continue that theme of chapter 3, how we are children of promise by faith. That we're not under law, but we're under grace. Because what Romans 6, 14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for we are not under law, but under grace. And then we see, you know, in the middle part of verses 8 through 20, that we see his concern, his fear for the church, which is then that they were departing from the faith. And Paul is trying to show them the difference between the law and the new covenant, law and grace, and showing that they, if they continued down this path where it was leading to, which really it leads us to, you know, verses 21 through 31. And as we're looking at tonight, the closing of chapter 4, verses 29 through 31, the difference between the old and the new covenant which we see in the example of Ishmael and Isaac. Because again, Ishmael was the product of Sarah and Abraham's flesh. That, you know, they devised a plan to try to bring about the promise. And as that happened, you get an Ishmael, a work of the flesh, which God can never recognize. He can never accept because it's by our own hands. It's by our own labor. Again, like we see with, uh, with Cain, with his sacrifice, with Cain and Abel. That Cain offered up his own fruits, his own labor, and what did God say? I can't accept it because it's not the sacrifice. It's not that slain lamb I was telling you about. It's right. it, because, again, the slain lamb, the slain animal, it typified Calvary. It typified what Jesus was going to do at the cross. So oh, yeah. he accepted Abel's offering because, again, Abel didn't care how gruesome it may have been. Abel right. had faith in the Father. He had faith in the sacrifice and what it represented. And God honored that faith. Again, like we see with Abraham, how was righteousness accounted to Abraham? We find in Genesis 13 or 15, but also in Romans 4, that it was his faith. Not in circumcision. It was his faith in the sacrifice. Right. What it typified. Right. Meaning Christ and him crucified. And that's how God accounted to him righteousness. It's the same thing for us. How were we saved? It wasn't by what we'd done. It wasn't by the works of our own flesh. It wasn't by Ishmael because again, Ishmael cannot be the heir of the promise. He cannot be the heir to all that God has. It has to be the promise. It has to be his way, which again is Christ and him crucified. Romans 8, 2, that law of spirit and life in Christ Jesus. Because again, all of God's works are done in truth. He's always been speaking. He's always been working through Christ. Like we find in Hebrews 1, verses 1 and 2. He's always been working through the confines and the parameters of Calvary. And that is how we are the heirs of promise. That's how we're the children of promise because our faith, like we find in the same book in chapter 2 verse 20, has been identified with the faith of the Son of God. And by the hearing of faith, we have mixed our faith in with the gospel, in with the cross, which allows our faith to be identified with Christ, which that simply means we've just been planted in the likeness of his death. We've been baptized into his person by the person of the Holy Spirit because of our faith in the sacrifice. Amen. And notice, what is Paul saying? And, you know, that, get, that brings us to verse 9. What Paul is saying, because what Paul is talking about, again, it shows the heart of religion. Religion doesn't care about you. The law, religion and anything, the flesh, it doesn't care about your heart. It doesn't care about your well-being. 
All it wants is control in your life. Right. And what is Paul telling the Galatians? That the ones you're listening to, the Judaizers, are in fact the ones persecuting you. That's why they brought this false message to you. That's why they bring this mixed gospel to you because they're persecuting you of your faith in the sacrifice. Because of your faith in the cross. They don't like it, so they're telling you you got to go another way. That the cross isn't enough, that you got to mix law and grace. Because that's what religion's always going to do. It's always going to persecute the true message of God. It's always going to persecute the cross because it threatens its grip. It threatens its hold of the person's life. That's because, again, the greatest tool that the devil uses is religious people. It is religion. Because, it, oh my Lord, hallelujah. Because if he can get you in that bondage of religion, you're going to become prideful. You're going to become highly exalted in your own flesh to where you honor your knowledge. Notice, you're going to honor your knowledge more than the Word of God itself. Because you're saying, I'm seeing all these things in God's Word. May I remind you, it's not in the proper context of Calvary, Proverbs 8 and 8. Because again, all of God's words are rooted and established in righteousness. And if you're not reading his word through the framework of the cross, because if your eyes are not full of the light, like you see in Matthew 6, 24, you're not seeing the light of the, of the gospel. You're not seeing the light of the scripture, which is Christ. Because again, in John chapter 1, he is the light that chases out all darkness. He is the word itself manifested in the flesh. Oh, my Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Go, go with me to Hebrews. You don't have to turn there, but Hebrews chapter 1, verse 2. What does it say? Hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things by whom also he made the worlds. Verse 3, who being the brightness of his glory in the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged out sins, sat on the right hand of the majesty on high. Again. The light of the gospel, the light of the Bible is what Jesus did at Calvary. Mm -hmm. That is the word of righteousness. That is righteousness. And if you're not seeing it in the context of Calvary because you're letting those people who lured you away into that false message and you're believing it, you're going to be exulting in your own knowledge, Mm -hmm. diminishing what the word of God says itself. Because again, you think that you have all authority over scripture when God is the one who has all authority when he's the one who has all power and he's gave us this illumination because we chose to do what he said in Luke 9 23 in Romans chapter 12 verses 1 through 3 and that is to die to our flesh subject our will to his will which allows the Holy Spirit to go to work in our hearts and our lives illuminating the gospel to us showing us what Showing us what the cross is and what it's done in our lives. Showing us it is the power of everything. But again, religion doesn't care. It doesn't care about you. It doesn't care about me. All it cares is controlling your life. That's right. Because what did Ishmael do? He tried to kill Isaac. Because we even find in Genesis chapter 21 verses 8 through 9 was it say, And the child grew talking about Isaac, and the child grew and was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast that same day that Isaac was weaned. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, which she'd born unto Abraham, mocking. Ishmael was mocking Isaac, mocking his faith in the sacrifice. 
Because again, Isaac was a child of promise. Mm -hmm. He served God out of a willing heart. He, he wasn't serving God just because of who Abraham was. It was Abraham's responsibility to tell Isaac about Jehovah Jireh, about God, about Yahweh. And Isaac, out of his own heart, believed unto righteousness, believed from his heart, and chose to accept the gospel. Right. I mean, it wasn't forced on him. Out of the willing of his own heart, he chose to follow the Father. And what did Ishmael do? He mocked him. Because, again, he knew yeah. he wasn't going to get the birthright, even though he was the oldest. Because in that day, God said whoever the oldest was received the birthright. But there were some exceptions, and Ishmael was that exception because, again, he was a work of the flesh. Wow. He couldn't receive the birthright. He couldn't receive all that Abraham had. It had to be Isaac because, again, he was a work of the Spirit. Right. I, got, I, I want you to understand that. God will never honor anything of your own flesh. I don't care how hard you try, and I don't care how glorious and how glorious it may look. If it's not rooted in Calvary, God will not honor what you've done. Your faith has to be in the sacrifice for God to honor it. Amen. That's right. And you know what? And yes, you will be persecuted by, for your faith. We find that in John chapter 15 verses 18 through 27. Because you know what? The world, the religion, everything outside of us doesn't like the gospel. It doesn't like the cross. That's it's right. going to persecute. They're going to persecute you for your faith. But you shouldn't let that persecution cause you to compromise your very faith. Because Isaac didn't quit on the faith. Because again, God told Abraham, Ishmael and Hagar, they got to go for the promise to succeed. But we see the Galatians, when they were persecuted, meaning the Judases came with another form of doctrine, with that sound, with all that wind of doctrine, and they present to the Galatians what happened. They believed it. Because they were being persecuted. And they didn't, there was something in their own heart. That you know that appealed that something in their heart right. that caught the law in their caused something in their heart to appeal to and gravitate towards it because it gave yes. them a license to do whatever they want, but also they didn't like to be part of that narrow crowd. Sure, yes, they were founded on the cross, but when it came down to it, they didn't like being part of that crowd because you know what they didn't fit in. They wanted to be part of that bigger group, that popular group. Right. And so they compromised. Which again, it shows if we choose to compromise our faith, we're not going to be bearing fruit. On, we're not going to be bearing the fruit of Christ unto men. Mm -hmm. Because again, we are meant to be producing the fruits of the Spirit, the fruits of righteousness to this world. It's not only, it's not only for our sake, but it's for the world to see. So that they can see what Christ is doing in our lives. What the cross can really do. Because again, like we find in Romans chapter 10, how will they know without a preacher? Meaning a preacher who's preaching this message. Right. If you have this message, you are being the light to this world. Yes. You're reflecting right. his glory because again, when you're abiding in Calvary, the Holy Spirit's working, removing the flesh, going to work, producing the fruits of righteousness, the fruits of the Spirit in your heart, in your life, to where you can illuminate Christ in you, the hope of glory, to where this world can know that this message really works. So that when the when the Judaizers and when the persecutors and when the persecutors do come, they're not going to back down 
Because they know this is the only message. Yes, that's right. Don't you that's ever right. back down to persecution. Amen. You endure Amen. it. You endure persecution. Because I'm telling you, if you hold on to the cross, you're going to find your power to overcome the persecution to make it through. Yes. You will have to go through it. Sometimes we will. But as long as you're holding on to Calvary, you're going to come through. What happened with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They were tossed in that furnace, but who was in the fire with them? There was a fourth man in the fire. They weren't burned. They weren't eaten alive by the fire. That's right. Because they didn't quit. They didn't compromise their faith. Amen. They were looking to the sacrifice. They were looking to what Christ was going to do for them at Calvary. Because they believed unto a heart, unto righteousness. Amen. And they believed That's that right. everything that they need was going to be found in the cross. Amen. But also notice this, your own flesh is going to persecute you yes. because it wants control over your heart and over your life. And it's never going to stop until Christ comes in glory. Until the rapture happens, it's not going to stop either by you go by way of the grave or by we go by the way of the rapture. The struggle between the flesh and the spirit is not going to stop because we even see in Galatians 5 verse 17 that the flesh and the spirit never stop warring against one another. They never stop seizing against one another because one is trying to have control over your life. Yes. And your faith is what dictates what has control over your life. So if your faith is in the law, meaning anything outside of Calvary, that's what your faith is in. Because again, that's law. It's not just the Ten Commandments. It's just not the Levitical law. It's anything that your faith is in. If it's right. not in the cross, it's in some kind of law. That's right. that's and so right. the flesh is now reigning and ruling to where you're producing the fruits of unrighteousness. You're producing fleshly fruit, which is rotten that God cannot honor. Because again, what do you tell Cain? I can't accept your sacrifice. Cain offered vegetables. He offered, you know, again, the fruits of his own hands. And God said, I can't right. honor it. Right. It's your own work. It, because your faith was in what you've done. You took pride in what you've done. And I can't honor it. Right. Because, again, I can only honor what my son did. Yes. Amen. He can only honor what Christ did at Calvary. Because we even find in Matthew three seventeen, what happened when Jesus was baptized and was brought back up. We see the spirit descend in the form of a dove. Rested on Christ and what happened next. You heard the father's voice say, this is my son in who I'm well pleased. Mm-hmm. Meaning he's only going to honor Christ Amen. and what he did at Calvary. Yes, because again, that is the work of truth. That is the work of righteousness that he will always work through. Hallelujah. Amen. And if your faith is in the sacrifice in Calvary. The Spirit is going to be moving in your heart. He's going to be moving in your life. He's going to be reigning unto righteousness. Because again, how does grace reign? It reigns unto death. Meaning we got to die to our flesh by going to the cross. And He's going to be producing the fruits of righteousness. Yes, and He will be carrying us to that till that very day that Christ comes. What did Peter tell the people he was writing to? Be blameless, spotless, and in peace. To the day of his coming. Mm-hmm. And you can only do that by your faith mm-hmm. and the sacrifice. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Hallelujah. Because if your faith is in the cross, you're going to be looking for his coming. Amen. You're going to be looking for the rapture. I'm not meaning that you're going to be looking out of a window 24-7. But there's that earnest expectation yes, in your spirit. You know, that's something I've been kind of blessed by these past few days. Is that here at work we've just been talking about the rapture. You know, and like I said, you, there's just this urgency 
there's just there's just something different that it's winding down. Yes. Again, no man knows the day or the hour, but I'm telling you, Brian, he's coming. Right. He's coming back. And I'm telling you, as long as you keep holding on to that same faith that saved you, it's going to bring you to the rapture. Hallelujah. Right. Because right. he's carrying you through the persecution. He's carrying you through the trials and the tribulations of this world. He's going to cause the Ishmaels to go in your life because you don't have to do it. Because he's doing it for you as long as your faith is in the sacrifice. Because again, that's what happens when your faith is in the cross. You're resting in his power. You're resting in his finished work and he's going to work in your heart. He's going to work in your life. Oh, hallelujah, because you're taking his yoke upon you, which is light and it's easy. And all he asks us is to do is to take is to choose Mary's part and to sit at the feet of Calvary and just listen to him teach, Karen. Hallelujah. It's just listen to the word of the cross being preached, the message of the cross, so that way we can grow, so that way we can bear the fruits unto all men, the fruits of Christ unto all men, so that way we're entering into his rest. Yes, it is a good fight of faith. That is the good fight of faith, but it's a good fight because you're not fighting it by your own power. He's fighting for you. Oh, hallelujah, because it, oh my Lord, it's going to be what happens, I believe. It's either 1 Peter or 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5, that he's going to keep you by his power. He's going to keep you in this message. As long as your faith is resting in Calvary, he's going to carry you through. He got Isaac through Ishmael. He brought Isaac to the mountain, and Isaac still survived. Because, again, their faith wasn't in what they could do. It was in the sacrifice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because, again, if the promise is to survive, if it is to thrive, Ishmael has to go. Mm -hmm. Meaning our faith has to be in this message of the cross. For the Holy Spirit to move in our hearts, for him to move in our lives. And that's what we find in verse 30 where it says, Nevertheless, what does the scripture say? Cast out the bondwoman and her son. For the son of the bondwoman shall not be the heir with the son of the free woman. Meaning there is no straddling the fence. The flesh and the spirit cannot reign together. That's right. One has to reign. And it's either the flesh or it's the spirit. Which again, the spirit can only reign if we choose to die to our flesh and our faith is in Calvary. Yes. To where we're seeing, we're being full of the light, where we're walking in the light, to where we're seeing all the impurities in our heart and our life, to where we can lay it down at the cross and let the Holy Spirit change us. Because again, he only reigns unto death. Right. Unto death on the cross. And if Ishmael would have stayed, what would have happened to Isaac? Isaac would more than likely probably would have died. Mm-hmm. Because he wanted to kill Isaac. Yeah. He wanted all the riches. He wanted everything that Abraham had. Mm-hmm. Because both of them couldn't stay. That's wow. why God through Sarah would tell Abraham, Hagar and Ishmael have to go. They're not going to be around my son. Because my son's life is at it, is at stake. Right. If he stays, he's going to die. Mm-hmm. Abraham, you got to send him away. Mm-hmm. It killed Abraham because, again, we don't want to let go of what we hold most dear. Mm-hmm. Because it is a fight to let go of what we hold most dear. Right. But when we do, we gain so much more in advance. Amen. Mm-hmm. Because, again, we're gaining Christ. Because to die is to gain. Yes, That's what we don't realize in the church today. 
is that by us refusing to die to our flesh, meaning to refu- us refusing to subject our will, because again, when, when I talk about the flesh, it just simply means anything of our own self, our power, our intellectual, right, our education, right, right. anything that we trust in that's not in the cross. Right, that's and if, we ch- yes. if we're trusting in that, we're negating everything that, that the Father has provided us in Calvary, right. which the greatest thing is the help in the operation of the Holy Spirit. Because again, how do you learn about the message of the cross? It's the Holy Spirit who draws you to Calvary because Jesus says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Because again, if you're hearing the cross preached, Jesus is being properly lifted up and the Holy Spirit's drawing you to Calvary. The only place of hearing for faith can only come by hearing and by hearing the word of God to where he's moving in your heart, moving in your life. Again, Going to work in your heart and your life. God showing you all truth. Because again, John 16, 13. He guides into all truth. Showing us what we have in this message. Mm -hmm. But if we choose to walk in the ways of the flesh, we're negating it all. We're forfeiting it all. Because we're choosing to embrace embrace Ishmael. And, And notice too, God did bless Ishmael. He did. He blessed them as a great nation. Many people came from Ishmael. But the thing is, they weren't the promise. That's right. And they would die eternally lost if they did not repent. Mm -hmm. If they did not repent, they would still die eternally lost. Yes, that's right. But if they did repent, they would be heirs of promise. Because again, when it talks about the child of promise, it all talks about what Christ did for us at Calvary. Because again, Calvary is... The only way. It is the only way. And for you to be walking in that narrow way, you got to do what Luke 9.23 says. If any man, notice, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his what? His cross daily and follow after me. Because if we choose to go the ways of the world, because again, Jesus says, if any man were to gain the world, he will lose his soul at the same time. Because you can have all the riches, you can have everything in this world, building your house upon the sand. But what happens when that rain comes, when the storm comes? It's going to fall. It's going to crumble. Because even God, God even tests our faith by fire. And if it's of wood and of hay stubble, it's going to burn away. You're not going to bring what you have here to glory. You're going to leave it all behind. The only thing that you're bringing is your faith. That's the only thing you're bringing. And God is going to judge your faith. He's going to judge what you've done with this message. Yes. If you received this message, because again, the parable of the talents, what did, Jesus, what did the master tell the one who did nothing with the talents? What were you doing? Why didn't you multiply it? Why didn't you grow in it? That's what he's going to tell us if we receive this message and do nothing. He's going to look at us and say, what did you do? I've given you the message. I've given you the illumination. Why didn't you grow in it? Why didn't you multiply the cross? Right. Because we were slack, we were lazy, and we were content. Mm-hmm. We were lukewarm. Yeah. Because again, lukewarm means we're just we're moving away from the what from the from the from the life source from the well. Mm-hmm. Meaning we're content. Yes. And what does God say? I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. He didn't say he's going to spew out the hot and cold Christian, the lukewarm, meaning the one who's content, moving away from the life source, yes. not doing anything with this message. Because again, it would apply to what Second Peter said. It was better for you to not have known the truth than to have known it and depart from it. Yeah. Because if you're content in what you're doing, you're trusting in your flesh, 
-hmm. You're choosing to embrace the Ishmael in your life. Yeah. And go away from Calvary. And again, it's what Peter said. It was better for you to not have known the truth than to have known it and depart from it. Because again, to whom much is, to whom much is given is much required. Mm -hmm. If you've been given this yes. message, you've got to grow in it. You've got to multiply it. Yes. You've got to stay at Calvary daily and not embrace your Ishmael. You've got to let the Ishmael go if the cross is to survive, if it is to thrive in your life. Mm -hmm. Because again, God's not going to push you away. You can walk away. Right. You can be like Ishmael and Hagar and walk away from it all. But as long as your faith is in the sacrifice, you will be drawn close to God. Because again, the Holy Spirit is drawing you to that place of hearing. Amen. Because again, faith can only come by hearing and by hearing the word of God. Amen. Because that is the importance. Because that, how do you think we serve him by grace through faith? It's faith in the sacrifice. How does grace flow? How does it move? How does it reign in our lives? It has to reign by our faith in what Christ has done for us at Calvary. Because again, he's not going to honor anything else. And that's what Paul is saying in closing in verse 31. That we are not children of the bondman, but of the free. We are children of promise. We are heirs of promise. Meaning we are children of God in Christ and what he's done for us at Calvary. Not by what we've done in our flesh. Not what we've done in our past life. Because Paul would even say, I counted as dung. I counted all as lots. What I've done in the past, it doesn't matter to what Christ has done for me now. That's why, I'm having, that's why I want a faith that produces righteousness because it doesn't come by the way of the law. It comes by the way of the sacrifice. It comes by Calvary. And that's what we've got to be reminded of daily is that everything God does is through the framework of Calvary. It's always done through the cross, not through any other mess, not through any other way. Because the broad gate leads to death, but that narrow way leads to life. Because even when you look at Balaam, when he wanted to go curse Israel, because I believe it was Abimelech or Amalek, I, don't, I forget who the king was, offered him all these riches. And he went and prayed. He's like, I got to go pray to God. And the father said, don't do it, Balaam, don't go. But Balaam still want, pursued in his own way. And what happened? Because even when you see it, he said, in the, in the angel of the Lord opposed Balaam in the narrow path. In the narrow yeah. path. Yeah. yeah. Trying to get him to turn around. Talking about you stay on the narrow path. You don't do what they're telling you to do. You do what I tell you to do. And that's to go to Calvary daily. Oh, but what happened? Balaam still persisted in his own way. It even came to the point where the donkey spoke to him. That God was speaking through a donkey and saying, Hey, Balaam, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. But Balaam still went. And what did he do? He didn't curse Israel, but he told Amalek. This is, how you, this is how you get rid of them. It's let them marry your sons and your daughters. Mm -hmm. And what did that cause? It caused the judgment of God to come upon Israel. Yes. Because they weren't obeying the sacrifice. Mm -hmm. They were being persecuted by an outside force. Right. And it caused them to shift their faith. They didn't have to shift their faith. They should have still kept holding on tight to what God told them. Amen. And that goes for us. Whatever the devil puts in our way, whatever he offers in front of our eyes, we don't go for it. We don't grab at it. We stay at Calvary. We stay at the cross. For again, that is how he moves. That is how he operates in our life. 
Because we are not under law, but we're under grace. And the only way we can stay under grace and the only way for grace to flow freely in our life is if our faith is in the sacrifice. Because if it's not, grace is not reigning. It's our flesh. Meaning God's will is not at work in our life. We're going by our own will. Because your willpower can only carry you so far before you fall. You can be delivered. You can be scot-free for two weeks to a month. I don't care how long it is, but there's going to come a point in time to where it's going to fail you. Because our power is insufficient. Because again, Paul says, for the law, for the command that I thought brought life, in fact, brought death. Mm-hmm. And I, the, the will for me to do good was there, but I didn't know how to do it. Right. I didn't know how to serve God. I didn't know how to do it. I tried to do it by my own strength. But work, look where it got me. It led me to bondage. It led me to being a captain of sin again. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't know where my power was found. Right. I didn't know how grace worked. But when God showed him the message of the cross... Showed him what really happened at Calvary 2,000 years ago. That's where Paul could say, For the law of the Spirit and life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. That's why he says, For the preaching of the cross is the power to us who are saved. Because in it you will find the demonstration of spirit and of power. And if the princes and the kings of this world really knew what Jesus did at Calvary, they wouldn't have crucified him. They wouldn't have killed him. They wouldn't embrace the cross because, again, it is the power of God and it is our life source. But again, they were blinded by their own pride. They were blinded by what all the world had to offer because of some external force that persecuted them or offered another way. They crucified their Messiah. And it's the same thing with the world today. We're rejecting what God has done for us at Calvary to embrace the Ishmael in our life. To choose Ishmael over Isaac, forfeiting all that God has given us in Calvary, which leads us back to verses 8 through 20. Paul's concern for the Galatians, saying, if you continue to go down this way, if you continue to embrace the former things in your life, where is it going to get you? It's going to lead you to where you fall away from grace completely. Because again, Paul even saying chapter 5, verse 4, if you truly embrace the law, you have fallen away from grace. Then Christ died for you in vain because righteousness doesn't come by the law. Right. It comes by faith. And faith in the sacrifice. And that is my encouragement to you tonight as we close out this chapter is realize what you have in this new covenant. Amen. Realize what Christ, what he's given you at Calvary. Yes. Because... That's how we're being conformed into his image, like we find in Romans 8, 29. As we find in Romans 8, 11, the Holy Spirit's moving. He's being our power source to overcome sin. Mm-hmm. It's how the fruits of the Spirit are being produced in our life. And it's how we're growing is by faith in what he's done for us at Calvary because we're abiding in the vine. Mm-hmm. We're abiding in what he's done for us at Calvary. Mm-hmm. Go read John 15. I'm telling you, it's going to bless you. Because it's going to show you as long as you abide in the vine, all these things are going to follow. You want his love, you abide in the vine. If you want to endure persecution, you just abide in the vine. You just abide in the vine and he's going to do everything for you. You're going to experience who Christ really is. You're going to see him as the word of God itself. 
Oh, hallelujah. And you can call Him Abba, Father. You can cry out to Him. You can talk to Him. Because that is what the cross has given you. How can you have fellowship with the Father? It's what Jesus done at Calvary, church. It's how relationship, it's how fellowship was restored. And not only that, the ministry of righteousness is at work in our life. Isaiah 32, 17, which caused that peace to be produced in our life. To where we don't have to fear tomorrow, but we can have hope in what He's done for us. And it produced that confidence, complete trust in the cross. And that, oh my Lord, hallelujah, whatever bitter waters is in our life, we can cast it in the bitter waters. And what does it do? It makes it sweet. It makes it drinkable. It makes the land inhabitable. Because that is the power of the cross. It's your life. Don't you ever leave it. Don't you ever neglect it. That, this is our life. It is our way of life. Yes. That's what we yes. mean when we say you pick up the bloodstained banner and you march on. Right. This yeah. is our life. It yeah. is our banner because again, Jehovah Shalom, not Jehovah Shalom, but Jehovah Nissi, God my banner. Yeah. Yeah. God my banner. The yeah. cross is our banner. Right. It is yeah. what we are to hang in our life. It's what we are to hang upon the, thor- upon the doors of our heart. Yes. You yeah. embrace this message. I don't care whoever is telling you to walk away from it. Because like we're going to see next Wednesday in chapter 5, what happens if we choose to embrace the law? Because again, like we've been seeing throughout the whole book, it's going to cause us to fall away from grace. But we're going to see it in a greater light and a greater context of what happens when we truly embrace the law. Don't you embrace your own knowledge. Don't you embrace your own philosophy or what somebody tells you. You hold on to what God's told you. And that is the word of the cross. And as long as you're holding on to that, my friend, it's going to carry you through. And you're going to experience everything he's given you. Because again, God has given us everything in the cross. Yes. How do you think the barrier was torn between Jews and Gentiles? It was at Calvary. Mm -hmm. How was the veil that separated the holy from the holy place of the holy of holies? Mm -hmm. Keeping everyone out of his presence. It was the cross. Yes, I where so now his presence is in our life. Mm-hmm. We don't have to try and muster it up. We can right. enter into it any time, any day, wherever we're at. Just by simple faith. By simple faith in the sacrifice. True. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't you leave the cross. Amen. You stay there. Tell me, Father, we just come before you this evening, Father. And Father, we just want to thank you again for the word of the Lord that was brought again this evening, Father, for you just reminding us the difference between the old and the new, Father. Again, yes, they may be similar in many aspects, but Father, the new covenant is what we're to live by. The cross is our life. It is our banner because, again, you are Jehovah Nissi, God, my banner, my standard, Father. And that cross is the standard by which we're to live by, Father. It is that standard that, that brings about the victory, Father. It's the one that slays every enemy in our hearts and our lives because, Father, we can't do anything in our own power. We can't do anything of our own strength. That's why he had to come to the cross. That's why he had to give us everything at Calvary, Father, because we were vile, we were unclean. But my God, through the cleansing of your word, through the cleansing power of the cross, you're changing us and making us more like Christ because the Holy Spirit is performing that work of the Spirit, that circumcision made without hands on the heart, Father, to where your love is shed abroad in our hearts and our lives, to where we're keeping your commandments, not by our own power, but by our faith in the sacrifice. Father. 
because we're walking by faith. We're not walking by sight, meaning our own power, anything that this world has to offer, but we're relying on the Spirit of God. We're relying on the truth. We're relying on the gospel. Oh, hallelujah. My God, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, Father. That's why you've illuminated this message to us, was to show us all things in Christ. And Father, I'm asking you that you continue to encourage us to not embrace the Ishmael, but to let the Ishmael go in our lives and to embrace the Isaac, meaning Christ and him crucified. For Father, that is, that is our promise. That is where our inheritance, that's where everything we need is found, is in Christ and him crucified. And may we choose to embrace Isaac and never let him go. My Lord, but die to our flesh daily and embrace the cross of Christ daily so that way we may live. Father, we love you and we praise you. Father, protect us as we come back here someday. And we're praying for the meetings with Brother Jonathan Medinsky, Father. I know this brother has, that Father, that you've given this brother a word from you. We're praying that you would anoint him to preach this upcoming Sunday, Father. Yes. Father, encourage us, warn us, whatever your will is, let it be done in that service. We love you and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. amen. Guys, we'll see you Sunday. Encourage you to be here. You don't want to miss it. Brother Jonathan Medinsky will bless you. God bless.